Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The pips, the players, the hustlers. The people of Boston, but everybody else in between throwing it down. Sunday, bloody Sunday has begun. Sirius XM Channel 159. The Gonzaga Bulldogs and Texas Christian Horn Frogs continue uh, right now. 42 seconds left in this basketball game. Um, the point spread is up in the air. The game is somewhat still undecided. For Gonzaga, they're up five. And, um, man, the total and everything, there's a lot on the line uh, right now. And so uh, the total just hit. We, we had over 151. So we just got to 152. And the winds are coming in. It's, uh, it's raining right now. We're making it rain, baby. We're making it rain. TCU takes a three. They miss. And um, this is going to be about it right now. Gonzaga are about to advance. They're up six with 32 seconds left, and they're going to the free throw line. We've got Gonzaga on the money line. We've got Gonzaga in a parlay. I took a parlay with uh, UConn, plus one and a half, and Gonzaga money line when UConn were down by like six or seven or something earlier today. But it turned into a nice play, man. It turned into like, like nearly plus 200, which was pretty crazy to me. So... I've had this in my back pocket all day long, and uh, we're looking to close out strong here. And in fact, we posted a tweet actually before the last wave of games uh, tonight. UConn Gonzaga money line parlay plus one twenty seven. Miami Hurricanes plus one and a half. Creighton money line. Fairleigh Dickinson plus sixteen. TCU Gonzaga over one hundred and fifty two. And uh, there we go. We're at 153 right now. So we're looking at a 5-0 and sweep on the way out. Not to mention, um, we also posted the Vancouver Canucks, who were victorious uh, tonight. The Canucks, man, the Canucks are winning a lot of games, right? And listen, they weren't going to win a lottery anyways. And I don't believe in that whole thing that if you don't make the playoffs, you should be as bad as possible because you'll end up just spinning your wheels all the time. You've got to build a winning culture, and Rick Tockett's building a winning culture right now. The Vancouver Canucks are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And it's funny because all those people that were crying about Boos Boudreaux being fired, where are you at now? Where are you at now? 
I like Boudreaux, right? I said he needs to be fired. Well, they could have handled it better. How do you handle firing somebody better? How do you handle, honey, I want to get a divorce better? Like, you know what I mean? How, like, what, what is there, like, what, what, what's a good way to do something like that? There is no good way to do it. WBC baseball. This stuff is lit. And I've noticed even the haters have just, like, they've, they've sort of snuck and slinked back into their corners uh, right now as far as the WBC. There's nothing they can say about it anymore. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Let's roll. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Bustler, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Welcome to the show on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius XM Channel 159. There's a lot of stuff to unpack uh, here this evening. Let's start off with the madness. The Gonzaga Bulldogs are on the verge of advancing to the Sweet 16. They're up seven right now with 15 seconds remaining. Bulldog Nation already celebrating uh, courtside, 80-73. The game has gone over uh, the number. TCU are playing to the final whistle. Uh, we're going to break it all down. We're going to up to date with all the point spreads, the matchups, and everything else in between. Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano, is going to join us. We're going to go over every game in the Sweet 16. Mo Khan will bat lead off literally and figuratively uh, this evening. We'll talk March Madness, Sweet 16, NFL football, World Baseball Classic, and more with Mo Khan. Let's, uh, let's uh, talk about the World Baseball Classic uh, right now. USA, 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 USA beat Cuba 14-2, but it wasn't really about the final score. It was a special moment in Little Havana tonight in Miami, Florida to have Cuba playing uh, USA. These two teams hadn't played head-to-head since like the 2002 Olympics, man. All right? There used to be, you know, friend- friendlier relations, Right, like the Baltimore Orioles actually went to Cuba and played a couple of exhibition games. I don't know, about twenty years ago or something like that. But the political landscape of the world, nobody's going anywhere to play baseball in Cuba uh, right now. But the USA are going to the World Baseball Classic final. And you remember, I did a video before the tournament started, and I told you forget about all the hype about the Dominican Republic and all the other hot shot teams. When it's all said and done, it's going to be the good old U.S. of A. taking on the Samurai Warriors. Although the Samurai still have a win to get. Mexico and Japan on Monday night, then the championship game is on Tuesday night. If you're part of the nobody cares about the WBC crowd, You're probably, like, under a bridge somewhere right now. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Vent your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else uh, in between. Let's do this thing. All right, we've got a lot of stuff to break down uh, tonight. Gonzaga has just advanced to the Sweet 16, and we've got a rematch of that epic, epic Final Four semifinal matchup from a couple of years ago when uh, Jalen Suggs hit that shot and jumped on the scores table. UCLA-Gonzaga playing each other 9.45 Eastern time on Thursday evening. USA advanced to the WBC final. There's a lot of talk about the USA pitching staff, but the bats, when you have the bats that they have, right? It, you know, when you're pitching with a lead, it makes things a little bit easier. Cuba had a one nothing lead uh, tonight before the U.S. bats came alive, tore them apart. Trey Turner. So listen, Trey, you know, March Madness is cool. We're going to get to it. But just as far as Trey Turner is concerned, it's really, as a Dodger fan, it's been very painful, right? It's very painful. It's like, you know, we were talking earlier about like, you know, divorce and stuff like that. This is like, you know what I mean? This is like your wife leaves you and not only does she leave you, but she marries like Brad Pitt. And then on top of that, she wins the Texas State Powerball lottery. <laughs> like, like there's like as a Dodger, like what more could happen now? Right. What more can happen? Somebody tweeted me and they said, hey, Marenzi, isn't Trey Turner like one of your favorite players? I was like, yeah, he was. <laughs> he, I responded, he was, till he went to Philadelphia and he left the Los Angeles Dodgers. But, man, that home run, that moment last night was almost like, listen, it's one of the most historic, it's like a piece of American sports history now. Trey Turner was asked after, where does, you know, where, you know, and of course, everyone always wants to get that. Where does this rank and all that? He said, that was the biggest hit of my life. And, and after he said, basically, it's the same as the World Series, right? He said, it's the same thrill. And he also went on to say, that was the loudest stadium that he was ever in in his life last night. That he's never hit a bigger home run in his life. And he's never had a bigger hit. But remember, this tournament doesn't mean anything. This tournament's meaningless. And we're going to bring Mo in in one second, but this is how meaningless this tournament is, all right? Trey Turner's uh, home run, Grand Slam last night, 7 million views in 15 hours. It's basically up to about 8 million now. Shoei Otani smashed a home run off the scoreboard the other night in Japan. That's been viewed 7.5 million times. So in a couple of days, Otani's home run's been viewed 7.5 million times. 
Trey Turner got to about eight million in 24 hours. Aaron Judge's 60-second home run, 2.9 million. All right, I guess you know, but like I said, it's it's all meaningless, right? It's all meaningless. Over 1.1 million tickets sold in the opening round. What's that? Like the A's and Rays combined? Let's bring Mo Khan in right now to break it all down. March Madness, WBC, F1. And yes, I'm probably the only one that's crazy enough to be happy and know that the Arlington Renegades won 12-10 tonight in San Antonio as plus three-point underdogs. Mo Khan, TSN Radio, former wide receiver, steps up and in and joins us. Mo, always a pleasure. How you doing tonight? Uh, exhausted from the first four days of, of March Madness, but it's been some fantastic drama that we all got to witness these last couple of days, though. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference, though, isn't there, Mo, between drama and, like, good basketball and, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can have a crappy game that goes to overtime. You can have a crappy game that, like, is close. Like, let's be real. Like, the, let me like an example. Virginia and Furman. Oh, my God, can you believe it? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I remember my tweets earlier. I remember tweeting, I woke up for this. You know what I mean? Like, there's been, like, some, like, just bricks. I mean, dude, 75% of the freaking unders have hit in this tournament because these kids can't shoot. They can't shoot. So, I, I get it. I'm not saying it hasn't been drama. I'm not saying I haven't enjoyed it. But I just think there's a difference between people always get caught up in, what you know, what's good and something that's close, right? I mean... Two drunk guys can fight each other outside of a bar. It could be close. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doesn't mean it's good, but it's close, right? I think there's been a lot of like that sort of, yeah, you know what I mean? It was kind of close. It wasn't a great game, but yeah, there was a good ending uh, to it. But one thing we can't deny, one thing I can't deny is, holy crap, the big-time Blue Bloods and the big-time Seeds, man, getting knocked out like this, almost unheard of. Uh, yeah. Purdue Boilermakers gone, Arizona gone, and yeah, you know, that it's just we knew it was going to be an unpredictable tournament coming in, and this thing is still wide open right now. It really is, you know, when we when we spoke about the brackets last Sunday, Gabe, I really thought Purdue would. I, texted, I tweeted you on Friday. I thought they wouldn't get out of Sunday. They didn't get out of Friday, and, and you know, you're right. This is one of those tournaments where. Those lower seeds have those four-year guys, those senior roster teams that has kept them relevant in those type of matchups. Whereas you look at, say, on, on Friday with, with FDU and Purdue, they lacked the cutting edge in that second half, the final 10 minutes to play, and FDU, FDU took it to them. And you look at Arizona against Princeton, right? People, you spoke about a game last week. You, called, you said the Ivy League was, is a good brand of basketball that no one talks about, and Princeton was able to use that to their advantage. Of veteran how teams all the time, Mo. Exactly. In, in the Ivy League, you're going to get a veteran team in the Ivy League. Smart kids, obviously, smart kids, good basketball yeah. IQ, smart kids. Usually pretty tall. You know what I mean? You look at these Ivy Leaguers, right. they always got a couple of six foot nine white guys and you know, there's a couple of you know, they're very like it's always built like in the same way. A couple of you know, got a good 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 point guards, a couple of white dudes that can shoot a three, a couple of big, sort of lanky dudes in the paint, right? And they play and they yeah. play they're well coached. But we're seeing Mo, I think the best way of putting it is 
if you played a series, right? Right. If you played a series, then, you know, Princeton are screwed. But in these one-game eliminations, man, right? Like if FDU plays – if FDU and Purdue played a seven-game series – they probably lose in five or six. Yeah, maybe five. Maybe they just won their one and Purdue, you yeah. know what I mean, figures out the system. Yeah. Then, like, okay, now we murder them. Yeah. But that's what's beautiful about the tournament, isn't it? The human element, Mo, of some teams play up, some play, teams play down. And that's the beautiful thing about sports. Oh, no question. And I think when you look at, for example, Gonzaga against TCU tonight, the last game of Sunday, right? TCU had the momentum. They were up five early in the second half. And what did Gonzaga do? They go to Drew Timmy. They spread out TCU, hit the three-point shot. Transition threes were working for them. And they played excellent defense. And that's the team I'm watching out for now going towards Thursday when they play UCLA. That's going to be a great matchup game. You mentioned the point with Jalen Suggs in the half-court shot. Remember from 17 years ago when Adam Morrison was crying on the court in San Jose when he lost to UCLA? Well, that, that was against UCLA history. too, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like they've had a history, right, at this juncture of the tournament. It'll be quite fascinating to see how UCLA will look to kind of take away the interior presence of Gonzaga on Thursday evening. So I, I can't wait for that matchup. I think we've got some great battles that we'll have on Thursday and Friday going towards the Sweet 16. My early impression is UCLA beat them and get revenge. Uh, I think UCLA's clicking. I know we spoke about them last week. I picked Arizona and UCLA to make that deep run. Arizona's been a complete wash. But UCLA, you know, Cronin's got these guys locked in. And think about last year, how they lost out. Think about how they lost out two years ago. I mean, this team has dead right now. They can even score more sports than The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moretzi. Mo Khan kicking with us. The late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
on the Canadian Olympic basketball team. Yep, it's just that easy. Wow, that was close. You can be the center. Late night anger management class, this is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morency. The pits, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Mo Khan kicking with us uh, right now. So the UCLA Bruins and the Gonzaga Bulldogs will be playing on Thursday night. And um, UCLA open up as one-point favorites in this game. I said going into the break, this is early, obviously, but I said, you know what? I think UCLA have enough. I think UCLA's physicality, tenaciousness, and uh, relentlessness – I'm out of this is. Um, I need Bill Walton. I think I just think their their toughness will wear Gonzaga out uh, a bit. But Gonzaga are a good basketball team, and I've been telling people Gonzaga are good. Mo, you know people love that low hanging fruit, and they love to like just sort of like they they move in packs and stuff like that. And there was that big Gonzaga aren't as good as they used to be. And I remember, I don't know who it was, we had a guest on, it was like a month ago or something, and I said, well, they have the exact same record this year as they did last year. <laughs> and, you know, and they did. And it's like, yeah, okay, they're not as good as they used to be. Dude, they, the teams don't go 32-1 and one every year, guys. It's not the way it works, right? Like, going 29-5 and five means you're still good. And sometimes, sometimes teams with a bunch of NBA talent – they're not great college teams or they fall short. And then after the team does better after we see it all the time, but without being stated, listen, it's going to be a fun game. This is one part of the bracket that I did get right. That I knew these teams were on a collision course to play each other again. And this is why, you know, also Mo, it ain't random when they put this bracket together, they knew what they were doing when they put this together, hoping that they would get this matchup. And they did. Yeah, you're right. And let's not forget, you, you look at the bracket where Texas is coming from uh, in the Midwest. They had AM on their side of the bracket, hoping for an AM longhorn yep. battle that was doing by Penn State as well. So you're right. Like, we see these future projections where Michigan State and Kentucky go to play each other now, but it's, it says K State. But I think you look at this UCLA Gonzaga game. As you said before, Gabe, you're right about the whole transition for Gonzaga. Look, they've been depleted by NBA defections, which is rightfully so. But they've kept the core group in place. They have about three or four seniors on that roster that played very well. That came up big to against TCU in the last 10 minutes of that second half. And again, this will all be a link of what Drew Timmy does on both ends of the court. And he had a marvelous game, really controlling the tempo of that basketball game against TCU. And I'll be curious to see what UCLA does against Timmy. Because again, if they can contain him and put more stress on everyone else from Gonzaga, not named Drew Timmy, uh, it'll be very challenging to see how this plays out for them. But Mark Few and Nick Cronin, that's going to be a great coaching battle that we'll see on Thursday night and how they'll go out and have their guys play to their best uh, and hopefully go to the Elite Eight by, by the weekend of next week. And uh, this is where um, this is where the locations start to get very cool uh, right now for the NCAA tournament. Madison Square Garden. And I got to tell you guys, like I've been in pretty much the, all the big, the, the iconic places and events and all that type of stuff, but and I've been to Nick games at MSG, and I've been to college games at MSG. Like, I saw St. John's in Michigan play a couple of times there. I've been to the Big East tournament there. So, like, I've seen a bunch of different, like, events at, uh, you know, basketball at uh, Madison Square right. Garden. 
And there's something special about the college stuff there. I don't know what it is. It's like you just sort of feel it. Like you're, you know what I mean? You just sort of, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's something about it. Like you see the teams, like the team, we, our studio, the teams would, uh, there'd be a team usually staying in the same hotel. So you'd see them, you'd see the wide eyed look on the kids' faces when they're on 34th Street. <laughs> and they cross, they literally, they literally would like cross the street, like, oh my God. And you'd see like big dudes looking nervous and stuff. And like, I remember like dudes on Marquette once asked me in the lobby, they're like, are we good out here, bro? I said, dude, you're, you're seven feet, man. You'll be fine. Started laughing. Like, <laughs> they're all like, you know what I mean? Kids like, so I don't know if you ever saw the, the video of Max Duggan in New York. He was like, wow, man. Like, he goes, I never seen this before. Like, he's looking around and stuff, but there's just something about it on that garden floor. And man, have an NCAA tournament action there. So we got Michigan State and Kansas State at Madison Square Garden, Tennessee and FAU at Madison Square Garden. And it's really too bad, Mo. Nothing against FAU. I've got a soft spot in my heart for them. Uh, but it would have been nice to see Fairleigh Dickinson cross the George Washington and play at uh, Madison Square Garden. That would have been like the Bad News Bears type of thing. But they had their 15, 15 minutes of glory, and that's the way it works out in this tournament. Um, but FAU, good basketball team, but I think this is the end of the line for them. Tennessee are going to knock them off at the Garden. Yeah, you made a point uh, from a tweet from Saturday with Duke and Tennessee, right? How Tennessee got physical with Duke and pretty much punched them in the mouth practically in the first half. And I just think that that's they played football you, against them. <laughs> they, they played, yeah. I, I thought Joe Milton and the refs let it go. And the refs were yeah. not because the Duke kids were embellishing and flopping and crying. And refs <laughs> right. aren't going to save you. They were like, "We're not saving you guys. Like, fight through it." Yeah, you're right, and that's the thing with FAU, right? You think about how lucky they got against Memphis on Friday, and again, FAU, they went punch for punch with them. But I just think about Tennessee and how they built it up. Rick Barnes really built up that program to be tough-minded, hard-nosed in these seven matchups here. And I agree with you. I think Tennessee will, will definitely will easily go through them, and I think they'll play Michigan State in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. But I think no matter how you look at it, New York's going to hit really well having those four fan bases come from all points of America to MSG to watch them play next weekend. So that's going to be fun to watch in the East region. Oh, yeah, we've got um, – and it's kind of confusing – there's games, okay, there's the T-Mobile Arena and a T-Mobile Center. <laughs> so this Yeah, one, Vegas is yeah. the mobile, and then Center is the one in Kansas City, I believe. Yeah, not yeah, not to confuse the two. So yeah. um, the one in Las Vegas, <laughs> the one in Las Vegas, you've got UCLA and Gonzaga. Like, how late is that? <laughs> like, yeah, you get the West just, Coast feel to that. That's just too cool. And uh, Arkansas and UConn are going to Las Vegas. It's almost, it feels like it's like uh, Chevy Chase with the Hurleys or something. Going to, it's like Vegas <laughs> vacation. <laughs> what Hurley said, said. So if I was a good, like, a gift guy, I would put it like his body, like hey, Vegas vacation with UConn. But UConn and Arkansas, and I've got, I've got a piece of UConn to win the championship still. I'm not saying they will, but they're still alive and kicking here. That's going to be a fun night on Thursday night in Vegas. 
Yeah, you know, I, I had Arkansas going as my surprise team, Gabe. I really believe that they would go far, and, and they have definitely earned their right. I thought they would beat KU, and they rightfully did so. Uh, they're phenomenal rebound the basketball both ends of the court. And Eric Musselman, he had this energizing personality that's really rubbed off on his team, and they play for him, Gabe. You think about how hard they've gone the last couple of tournaments with him, and I just think in this situation against UConn, I love UConn, how they've gone through this. I know their Big East run was cut short by Marquette, but I think the reality is how this played for them so far. This might come up to the last shot or the last 20 seconds of play that wins this matchup. This is a 50-50 game here, Gabe, but I'm going to give the slightest to Arkansas because of the wealth of experience that they've had the last couple of years playing at this juncture of the tournament. Hey, let's see. He's a great coach. We can't dispute that. But I think UConn, UConn get it done against Arkansas. I think UConn, UConn have enough to survive. I think they're just better overall uh, than, than Arkansas are. Uh, the other two locations, as we mentioned, so uh, New York City, MSG, they're playing in Vegas, which is super cool. And then they go to the heartland here. We're going to Kansas City. Um, <laughs> Kansas, Kansas City gets some love. They get the NFL draft, and uh, they get uh, they get March Madness. So um, they're getting Xavier in Texas and um, Houston and Miami. Houston and Miami, two very sort of similar style teams. I tell you one thing, man. Miami are fast, right? People don't really talk about speed in basketball, right? Like you never, like you hear in football all the time. Oh, they're fast, right? And like, oh, they're faster. And that's the thing, guys. If you don't, I bring it up. Larry Nega talked about it last year, and um, I heard him talking about it at the end of the game tonight too. They brought it up and they said speed kills type of thing, and teams don't realize it until you're on the floor with these guys. Like, it fast doesn't mean like Loyola Marymount that they shoot threes within five seconds. Otherwise, you're benched. It just means, like, they're freaking fast dudes, man. Like, these guys, when they run for a ball, it's fast. When they decide to run a fast break, it's fast. And they're faster than you. Like, they literally are, like, the fastest team in the the country to Miami Hurricanes. And you saw tonight, Indiana had a hard time with that. Yeah, Isaiah Wong was a difference maker. He was a chief destroyer of, of IU. He's fast as hell. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> he, he is. And, and Larry, Larry Nagel, what he's done, he's built the team through length and speed, right? Even when IU had those triples going late in the second half, they didn't care. Like, we're going to run up on you guys. We're going to go up, have our wings spread you guys out, and hit the three-point ball. But the key for Miami in this game against IU that will be huge for them against Houston next week is the offensive rebound. They had 20 offensive rebounds, Gabe. If they really hit that against Calvin Sampson's team in that match against Houston, I think Miami has, has a chance. I question them coming in. I thought they had been early out, but they've definitely proven their worth right now being the only ACC team left in this tournament. So if they can rebound well on the offensive end of, of, the, of the scenario right now against Houston, I give them a chance because Houston, even though they're, they're, they're the favorites to go to, to Houston to play in the Final Four, ironically enough, I think Miami matches up well from an athletic standpoint and from a rebounding angle as well. Yeah, like the Bad News Bears. He comes back to them again, like just like they went to the Houston Astrodome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but just like we were talking about UCLA and Gonzaga and the committee knowing what they're doing, we all know we're on a collision course here. The Texas two-step. The Texas Longhorns versus the Houston Cougars to go to the Final Four. It's a late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. Vent your rage. Bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. for you. Ah, uh, now, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Who is it? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. Lena Daggerman's McClassus is Sports Rage. I am Renzi, vent your rage. Sunday, bloody Sunday. As far as the XFL, listen, uh, we bet the XFL this weekend once again, but the XFL, really, Mo and Mo Khan with us, the XFL, Mo, they're getting crushed because of their, their schedule, bro. And I, I get it, right? You know, as someone has been in the TV industry, as long as I have, I, you know, I tell people and people don't really get it sometimes. Like, they say, why would you put this on against this? And the reason is because it's called counter-programming, right? Like, networks aren't going to just surrender that, oh, well, CBS has March Madness, so let's run, like, I Love Lucy all day. No, right? They have to give, they have an alternative. And it's, it's a cheaper alternative for them, but it's too bad for the XFL because it is a good league, Mo. But you're going head-to-head. It's always something, bro. Like, they started, you know what I mean? Their first week, it was like the NBA All-Star game. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And then, like, they're going head-to-head with March Madness and the WBC, uh, you know what I mean? And so, and, and then the pecking order of stuff, NBA, WBC, um, March Madness, conference tournaments. You start to add it all up, and it's gonna, it's hard for them to get traction. The USFL has a better schedule, Mo, as far as their time of the year in which they run. They're just going up against baseball, essentially. 
football, right? I saw some CFL that's in, in June, but the reality is, when you think about it right now, Gabe, the month of April is the oversaturation of sports. We got the Masters playoffs for the NHL, NBA, NFL draft at the end of April, uh, Final Four concluding and whatnot here. For the USFL, it's pretty much the deadest sports that you're going into in the summer months here. But you look at the game on Saturday with D.C. and St. Louis. That was a fun game to watch, right? Great crowd in St. Louis to see them play uh, the second home game of the season. And it's unfortunate given that it went head-to-head with the, with, with the March Madness at the same time here. So I think moving forward, I know they have a Monday night game next week, uh, which could hopefully give more eyeballs towards their product here. But I think the XFL has definitely gotten better the last couple of weeks at a slower pace. But I think we're seeing more quality of games be much more evident than where it was in weeks one and weeks two. Yeah, no, the team's starting to score more. The game's going over more. But, you know, you just said something right there, and this is going to start next year, actually, guys, which is a very good idea, Um, is the Conference USA. Conference USA football, all their games are going to be like um, midweek games now. Like, you know how the MAC does, like, Tuesday games and stuff? That's right, yeah. Yeah, but that was kind of isolated, and it does well. And it's bad football, (laughs) and it does well. Yeah. So, because people people bet on anything, right? Like, call it whatever. So, and the thing is, if you're one of those conferences, Mo, I would only play then. Like, if I I was the Mountain West, this is what I'd be doing, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even the Pac-12, I hate to call it like that, but at this juncture where you're at right now, yeah. You can't go head-to-head, man, with, like, the SEC on Saturday. You can't go head-to-head with the Big Ten. The network's, like, so you end up totally getting buried. You're on ESPN Plus at, like, noon or whatever. You know what I mean? And you don't, you, you know, no one ever pays attention to you. But suddenly, if you're playing on, you know, trust me, people care more about a UAB football game on a Tuesday night than a Saturday afternoon, Mo. I've been around the gambling business a long time. So, <laughs> like, suddenly everyone will know what a quarterback is, right? Like, it'll change fast. So, I think the XFL, you're on, like, you're talking about the Monday stuff. If I was them, I would realize that and say, you know what? We really should be on, like, play a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, one weekend game or two, you know what I mean? But, like... This little mimic the NFL schedule thing, you're just going to get your ass handed to you all the time. You just will. Well, I, I think I think from the angle of the TV ecosystem right now, you know, a Monday is okay because remember, there's no there's no other Monday football going on right now. You're not going yep. to get any big time hitters except for the college final, except for the final four on the first Monday of April. But the reality is, when you think about it for the XFL, it's unfortunate because you're right, Dave. You go up against the NBA All Star Weekend. You're going up against the the first two weekends of, of March Madness, and it definitely hurts your numbers. But I think for them moving forward, for, for Dwayne Johnson and for Danny Garcia, I think they're smart enough that they'll make their adjustments to make sure that they put their products on days, as you said before, maybe on a Monday, maybe on a Thursday, but you cannot you know, give up too early here because I think the XFL has something to play here. It's a slow burn right now, Gabe, but I think if this sticks for two, three years, it might become that fear system for the NFL. And the NFL might look at this as being, hey, look, we can send our guys down here and let them kind of marinate and get themselves more reps and see if they can click to our football team down the road. Yeah, I think they're in for the long haul. And another thing is, too, the numbers are what they are, but the networks can also be happy with them. It's not like they're paying a lot of money for the rights, bro. You know what I'm saying? No, It doesn't cost a lot of money for the production fees of these games either. So they're getting extremely cheap programming. They know what they were getting uh, going in. Why do you think the USFL is back, everybody? 
right? The USFL, the network said, we made money. They yeah. said, is it back? They said, well, why wouldn't it be? They said, they actually, we turned a profit. They said, if it, you know what I mean? Said the league didn't lose money. We made money. And yeah, it'll be back because everybody made money. <laughs> so that's so one of those, it's one of, one of those deals. Um, Mo Khan kicking it with us. And then you get to WBC that's got, is getting massive numbers globally and stuff. The U.S. is, you know, good, but not, we'll see after the Trey Turner home run. But people need to realize with the WBC, Mo, and I got to tell you, I've been following it closely, and I was actually at the first WBC in 2006 as well. And right. so I've seen the growth of this thing. And you think in, like, 1934, I wish, like we, I wish there was, like, recordings of people and talk shows and stuff in 1934 <laughs> of the first World Cup of soccer, Mo. Oh, this is stupid. What are we doing this for? Like, well, we got to go all the way there. We have to go all the way to LA. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We're going all the way. To, we have to, like, I imagine like the first Olympics in Rome. Like, you know what? What? Or, you know what I mean? Like, in Greece, you know what I mean? Like, the, the first times. Like, so, I mean, things take a while to build. But I got to tell you, this WBC, it's taken an exponential leap this time. It like basically went from like the last few ones kind of flew under the radar and stuff, and it was like okay, but it didn't have that big time feel to it. Coming in, I knew I was hyping it up. I that's why I went. I was like, you know what? I'm this is gonna be big. I, I just knew I was like, yeah, this is this is gonna be big. When you look at the players that were playing, but that moment with Trey Turner the other night, Mo, that opened up America's eyes to this thing. I saw, I saw a guy on Twitter tweeting that he said uh, he was in a sports bar in New York and the basketball was on and the baseball was on and the basketball had sound on in the bar. And when Trey Turner hit the home run, the entire bar just started chanting USA, USA. And that moment with other players and stuff that saw that and saw how big it was and iconic it is and stuff, they're going to w- want to be part of it. Dude, they sold over 1 million tickets, Mo, 1.1 million tickets for the opening round games alone. To put in context, the Oakland A's sold like 700,000 tickets in their entire year last year. 66 million people a game are watching in Japan. Like literally like 49% of television households in Japan are watching every game that Japan play in. Um, You had Cuba, USA, which is just a super cool geopolitical-like thing. And just how cool could it be in the end, guys? Imagine Otani's going to be used coming out of the pen in the final if they get through tomorrow. They're saving him. Like, the, think if you don't like Otani on the hill against Mike Trout for the world championship, like, this is some serious stuff. Big, big, big time numbers. And I tell you what, it's too bad Canada got knocked out, but they did pretty well. And the Freeman didn't get hurt, and if Votto could have played, I tell you, they might be in Miami right now. Yeah, you know, you know what's really done well from Gabe is location. Uh, the opening rounds. Remember, they were in Phoenix as you were, and and Arizona has a pretty strong Hispanic Mexican population, and you saw the Mexicans come out in numbers for all the Mexico games in Phoenix, right? You think about how it did overseas yeah. in Japan. Like Should almost do it again there. And also, Mo, I was going to sort of jump in. But also, I was talking with someone tonight in baseball. It was JCB Takafin. And I was saying how cool Phoenix was and stuff. And uh, and also, it's in Miami. And it didn't even hit me. It occurred to me. 
all a lot of spring training are in Phoenix too. So they didn't have to That's travel. Right. They're there. The teams can monitor guys. They're like right down the road. You know, same with Miami. A lot of the teams are there. It limited the travel. So you're right as far as the locations are concerned. It's it's worked out brilliantly. And and the way that it worked out, right? With Puerto Rico and Mexico and Miami and yeah, yeah. and the USA versus Cuba, Mexico, USA, and Phoenix. I mean, these games are selling out, Mo. It's crazy. It, it is. I felt bad for Cuba, though, because they had to travel halfway around the world for, for a three-day turnaround. Yeah, yeah, America. I know. It crushed literally in, in their backyard. Right? It was a pro-Cuban crowd in, in Miami. But I just think for the WBC, if they're going to grow this again, Gabe, right, it's worked well for them now, but can they cash in now? The momentum's built for baseball with the new time, with the new time clock and all that stuff so that's being implemented for this year. So can baseball build upon this year for the next WBC in 2026? If they can do that, Gabe, then maybe slowly, not not maybe dramatically, but slowly the tide would come for them that they'll have younger demographics watching the sport of baseball for the next three, four years to kind of build that up towards becoming a popular sport again as it once was back in the day. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but um, uh, people are going to have to wait uh, for this one. After a three-year gap between the first two installments of the tournament, plans were made to be repeated every four years. Uh, Now, the pandemic threw things off, which is unfortunate. And I got to tell you, there's going to be mixed emotions about this because there's going to be people that are saying, you know what? We should do this every two years. You know what I mean? Like, we shouldn't wait every four years. It's too too successful. And you know the owners, uh, the Major League Baseball owners, are going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Like, we're not. Yeah, they're not going to have to happen. Like, yeah, you guys are already doing this, but we can't stop you as it is. That's the whole thing, guys. Players don't get paid for spring training. So, like, they're not missing anything. Like, they don't get paid, and that's a big problem. Like, you figure, oh, what are they complaining about? But if you think about it, Mo, like, it's paying the ass for a player. You're not paying me. So you want me to come to Florida, live in this little whatever, and, you know what I mean, and go through your crap here for free. So right. that's why, like, and they they don't get fined for not showing up either. So, like, so they basically, <laughs> like, when people sell out of teams, they'll lay, there's nothing they can do about it. There's nothing yeah. they can do. Another thing is, too, like a lot of people are just sort of naive to this. Like, who the hell do you think is promoting this thing? Major League Baseball is. So, like, so it's a weird dynamic. Like, the owners don't like it, but it's super growing the game. And you saw the Ariz Arena kids in Mexico already mimicking the celebration after, like, on second base and stuff. It's just, it's been great stuff. We'll wrap up with Mo on the other side. The late night anger management class. I've got to play on Japan, but man, this US team are dangerous. Late night anger management class. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Warning, this is Sports Rage. And then there were 16. Man, this tournament goes quickly. I gotta tell you though, Mo, I don't like, and I said this before, I told people about this, like, they did this a couple of years ago. If you'll notice, like, there used to be basketball on all the time. Now, like, there is on the Thursday and the Friday, but they just stretch it out all day. And then they put a bunch of games on at nighttime. I'm not a fan of their new format, but this is when they make the most money in prime time. So, like, you notice the method to the madness in which they put the they put the big brand name teams on in prime time, Mo. It's not by accident. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Well, also, if you notice that with, with, with the Sunday games compared to Saturday, Saturday they overlap it sometimes, but Sunday it's single window spotlight is going to happen from 12 noon till midnight that you'll have the spotlight game going from that Sunday window. So I think it's very fascinating how they do it. But I think also at the same time, too, like Gonzaga TCU, those are two central, if not West Coast time zones, seeing that time window of the West Coast being 10.30 tip local time that it was for us to watch over here. Yeah, like you guys think it was an accident that Pittsburgh and Xavier were the first game up this morning? <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> oh, that was just by chance. Like, like, you would have been like, someone would have been fired, Mo, in the boardroom and said, listen, sir, I think we should have Pittsburgh and Xavier at nine o'clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they'd be like, we yeah. like, they'd be like yeah, we, you know what they would have, they'd be like, yeah, you're right, man. If we could do it at 9 a.m., we would, but we can't, all right? So, <laughs> but, we, but we can't. <laughs> But, but, we, but we can't. Mo Carr with us. All right, uh, Mo, good stuff. We'll catch up with you uh, next Sunday. Absolutely. Can't wait, my friend. Have a great week, pal. Ian Cameron will join us in Level 3, the Late Night Anger Management class. We do have, uh, what, four college basketball games on Monday. So don't despair. Bring it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 